Today's date is February 4th, 2018. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics. For those of you unfamiliar with the show, this is our weekly comic book podcast, which comes to you every Wednesday on Stitcher, iTunes, and YouTube, where we uh, discuss the new releases, give you the latest news, and then talk about some topics for your amusement. Of which there will be much. If that sounds like a good time to you, please hit like and subscribe so you can keep in touch. And it really helps us out so we can get our vanity URL on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we we don't want any of those confusing ones that have all the numbers and the letters and the weird nasty stuff. <laughs> so without further ado, let's get into it. So Emery, what have you been reading? Well, it just so happens that another one of DC's new heroes has been released Ah, the one we were actually looking forward to. Yes, The Silencer. This hey. one done by John Romito Jr. and Abnett. I gotta say, uh, it's not perfect, but it's a good addition. It, it's definitely something that I think needs to be done more. I liked it a lot. Uh, the one thing I will say, and I think you might agree with me, is that I'm not a fan of John Romita Jr.'s artwork. Not even his, a little his bit. His father is a legendary comic book artist, but I think his artwork is also boxy and just the the depth is always off a little bit. Where most people start with uh, curves as far as drawing things like people. I think he starts with a box. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's uh, Sometimes it's fine. It, there's no big issues. But the, some other times it's like really noticeable, especially in like action shots or something. Right. It comes off and it everybody just has the same kind of box face. And it's kind of weird. Th- there's one like minor issue that I think I have like probably a personal thing against that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the story's great. Um, there's an addition of a character that I think uh, doesn't really help it stand on its own and kind of borrows from something, which that's my own peeve, but that's another thing. The The big thing visually that I think I'm still kind of wrestling with is the coloring. I can't, I can't exactly pin who, like, skin tone-wise or what uh, the silencer is supposed to be. And that might be by design. That might be an issue with the colors not coming out as defined in one way or the other. Well, my issue with the colors came up when... uh, This is in the advertisement, so it's not a spoiler. When Talia Ghoul shows up... Yeah. And they they're in scenes together, and I can't tell which one is which <laughs> because there's like a shadow, so you can't see Silencer's blonde, you know, bleach blonde hair, very blonde. Uh, next to Talia's normally, you know, dark brown black hair. Yeah, and like you can't tell which female <laughs> character is what because which, they're which both which? Just, they're both box shaped and covered <laughs> in a shadow. <laughs> oh wait, which one's dialogue sounds like they have a child that they're actually interested in protecting (laughs) (laughs) and which one killed her child Ooh, for shits and giggles deep cut 
<laughs> Batman Inc. sucks. <laughs> Everything revolving around Batman Inc. is terrible. So. <laughs> Love you, Grant Morrison. You're crazy. <laughs> but the last thing we needed was more bat people and more ninjas. <laughs> okay. You take that back. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, it was a really good start to that comic. Uh, unlike Damage, where we were a little bit more off-put and like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> uh, y- yeah. I uh, think this, this one this one was really solid. Get, it, oh. I think it really helps that it had uh, a lot more of an original story to tell yeah. as opposed to something that seemed very contrived. And I think this title is going to have to really hold uh, the mantle for a while while Immortal Men <laughs> takes <laughs> its time finally, coming out. Finally comes out, you know, six months after it was supposed to release because... Again, they're overworking. Yeah, it, uh, Jim Lee. Yeah, it doesn't help that they also have it advertised on Silencer at the end, where they're saying Immortal Men is coming out next month. Wrong. <laughs> it's coming out in April. For those of you, Sorry. I was very disappointed because that was the one I looked forward to the most. But yeah, um, we'll see how Terrifics co- is when it comes out. Although it looks like a Fantastic Four ripoff with it, old it, DC characters. It does. Uh, we'll see how it goes, though. But we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So good start, liked it a lot. New age, uh, new era of DC heroes, off to uh, a decent start. Yeah. Uh, uh, next up, we had Motherlands from Vertigo. Yeah. Which is the number one. <laughs> this comic is all sorts of terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just for the brief setup, this comic is in a world where there's multiple dimensions and every dimension has a different form of humanity where humanity took a different track and is a little bit different in some way shape or form and multiverse because they deregulated technology that could cross dimensions now everything's what they call literally quote clusterfuck (laughs) this is how they refer to the multiverse here and uh basically there's bounty hunters that go across the you know different I mean, tens of thousands of infinite worlds or whatever. Yeah. It's uh, just, they they refer to each universe as a string. Yeah. And they go across each string looking for people with a bounty on their heads because they committed atrocities in one version of the world or another. Yeah. And the story revolves around this female bounty hunter who is the daughter of a reality TV bounty hunter who is a gorgeous, you know, supermodel-like bounty hunter woman Yeah, who would do things like <laughs> use her breasts, like <laughs> literally pull out her boobs to distract the criminal to defuse a hostage situation. Uh, that way nobody got killed oh, no. on camera. And all sorts of like over-the-top terrible things. And then she became like a washed-out, you know, former, you know, <laughs> celebrity. <laughs> And her mom is super critical of her and o- really dramatic and over the top. And, you know, it's like the typical, like, rich, popular mother that was all perfect and sees her daughter as less than. And so yeah. her, her daughter's, like, super self conscious, but angry. And circumstances come up where they have to go on a mission together. You know what that makes me think of? Uh, let's take a twist on another mother-daughter dynamic like that. Silk Spectre. But uh, let's make this one a little bit worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was... 
It was not good. <laughs> I think I feel like it was written by a child <laughs> and like a very like I don't know, porn obsessed child. So a 14-year-old. A lot yeah, a lot of <laughs> porn references in the book and Oh my god, yeah. A lot of conversations cool. that were not natural whatsoever. It, it was not good. Which sucks cuz the other Vertigo title we like a lot right now. Yeah. Uh imaginary, imaginary fiends. fiends yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Next up, we had book two of Mystic You, which is the kind of, uh, it's like the Hogwarts, uh, college Hogwarts <laughs> of the DC universe with Satana and the son of Felix Faust and uh, Enchantress and a bunch of other, you know, magical based heroes from the DC universe where yeah. they, it's basically about their early days and when they go to this special university built specifically to deal with supernatural people and beings and whatever else do you and mean a uh institute for uh gifted youngsters <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little bit uh <laughs> a little bit but the institute caters to all ages, whereas this is college age, so <laughs> things get saucy. <laughs> things do get saucy. But uh, I wasn't like super sold on the first issue uh, because it felt more like a Scooby-Doo book it than did, anything. And the $6 tag did yeah, not help. It's certainly very expensive, and it's a thick book, but I, I don't think it's... Like $6 thick? $6 thick, yeah. I don't think it's... the. I don't know. I think the price is off a little bit. But the second issue, I really enjoyed a lot. So at, at the end, I wasn't complaining because there's a lot of little things in there that I was really enjoying. Like um, there's this green <laughs> monster thing plop. that can talk that they call Plop. Not to be confused with Marvel's dupe. Who was <laughs> who uh, kind of the mystery character in the first issue. Yeah. Uh, revolving around the Scooby-Doo mystery or whatever. But basically, he's their friend. He's part of the group or whatever. And there's a scene in here where he's, you know, feeling self-conscious because he's just this nasty, you know, glob of blood and mucus. Yeah. And he feels like everybody thinks he's disgusting. And so to cheer him up, one of the girls dresses him up (laughs) in like, you know, like a hipster flat hat and like (laughs) a, a nice sweater and stuff. And so he's just like all this goop that's been squished into <laughs> human clothing. It's pretty funny. But the the artwork was really great. Uh, I like all the characters. I think the characters are fun and interesting. Um, even the character with the rupee or whatever. <laughs> he, he basically has what is the like magical equivalent of like a bad acne incident. Uh, and yeah. doesn't want to confess to the girl he's got a crush on and stuff. Yeah, th- it's... Uh, his uh magical like for real bindi yeah um so for I, some reason it it <laughs> it leaves him a bit marred yeah and this one's written by Alyssa quitney and drawn by mike norton and both the art and writing is a, a lot of fun it's pretty good yeah it so. definitely captures both the magical dc aspect of it while also magically setting that into college life yeah so Big fan. I'll probably pick up the other one. I wish they would reduce the price a little bit because it's, <laughs> it like it's the five comic, and a half dollars. The comic is not uh, <sighs> big enough for that. Right. Um, but I'll let it be. Uh, this is a comic that we mentioned, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks ago as, you know, I think number two was a comic of the week, cover of the week. Yeah. Um, but 
unfortunately, it was delayed several times, and so it never got released. And now, now issues one and two, and I think three are out. And I decided, you know, while it's available, I'll grab number one. We'll see how it is. Uh, <laughs> this is a comic from Vault Comics called Reactor. And we grabbed the number one. We read through it. What'd you think? This movie had a real rough start to it. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> but uh, I gotta say, like, after, like, maybe half, not halfway, uh, maybe a third of the way through the second to third page, um, it kind of won me over. There, there's a. Uh, kind of a self-aware irreverence to it mm. the writing specifically and then like towards the specifically towards the end of it, it it does have a kind of interesting hook with it uh, the basic premise is okay so in the year 2000 <laughs> or n- maybe a little bit further um we're living in a world where uh, vampires have one not only outed themselves but have tried to take over the world, and the the humans decided to leave, yeah, and nuke the Earth on the way out in hopes that maybe that will have been enough to kill them and they can one day return. But instead, it creates a nuclear winter and eternal dark, which, yeah, if you're familiar with vampires, is probably a good thing for them. Yes, it. it according to the story, gave them room to evolve over time. And (laughs) uh, to add to the ridiculousness of this, Mm -hmm. we're just going to throw in that uh, the humans, uh, specifically the the ones that came from North America, uh, are being run by an immortal 12-year-old who is the president Yes, not the vampires. The humans are led by an immortal 12-year-old. Yeah. And the story ensues from there. It's a story about them going back to Earth and trying to take back America. (laughs) At least that section of them. And destroy the human blood farms that they have. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, reading this comic... uh, I know you warmed up to it. Um, thankfully, you gave me the warning to just put my brain <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> and once I did that, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's it's very silly and very self-aware and over the top. And characters are oh yeah telling vampires to suck their giant robot dicks. And <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous and over the top, but it was fun. Yeah, so I, I would read it again if. I don't. I don't think I'll buy it for myself. I'll get issue two because we need it for um, did the content match the drapes. But <laughs> yeah, but I, it was it was fine. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, if you're reading that comic, don't go into it thinking that there's going to be a serious drama or anything. It's going to be any kind of deep story. Yeah, it's going to be super ridiculous and over the top. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's goofy. That's uh, what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, uh, we have a really interesting book that uh, I did not expect, but I had seen advertised from Burger Books, which is a division of Dark Horse Comics. Uh, And this is a book written by Anthony Bourdain. If you're familiar with Anthony Bourdain, he's the kind of travel channel slash CNN, no reservations, parts unknown uh, host. 
who's famous for being extremely hard drinking, uh, extremely cynical, and hilarious. I know him as the food guy, and only the food guy. <laughs> it, like I, I knew so little of him that in doing an impersonation of him, I accidentally did a Gordon Ramsay one because I just in, assumed that he was British. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, I'm a big fan of Anthony Bourdain. I've watched basically every season of uh, No Reservations, and I, I just love him. I, he, <laughs> he just like hits my sense of humor perfectly. I think I think we're very similar individuals. It seems uh, like a very and how we see the world sarcastic asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like if I was rich and didn't care about my health, <laughs> <laughs> what I would do with my time uh, sounds legit. But uh, he he's you know he's written several books before and he's a good writer and I, I uh i didn't expect him to write a comic book but i thought it was pretty awesome i don't know if he's done it before but uh he's getting help from joe rose and uh the art is by albert ponticelli and uh this <laughs> this art is very cool uh it's very unique it has a very distinct style to it and basically the premise of the book is this rich billionaire guy has hired a bunch of chefs like top of the line top tier chefs to come and make this incredible dinner and invited a bunch of other you know super wealthy people and individuals that are you know kind of like known for being kind of crooked and you know yeah unsavory people and basically uh after um the meal he invites out the chefs and thanks them for their hard work and says why don't you all just take a seat and we'll um you know, have some wine and some cigars and t- share some stories. And basically the premise is he's trying to copy this kind of Japanese game that war- Japanese warriors would do up until about the 1800s, mid-1800s, where they would uh, gather in a room together, light 100 candles, and then each one would take turns telling stories about something supernatural or unexpected or horrifying or scary or some mystery uh that they experienced on their travels or on, on, you know, in their lifetime. And then once their story was finished, they would look into a mirror and blow out the candle. And that was supposed to be, you know, making sure that you weren't possessed by the demons and, you know, spirits they were summoning by telling the stories and stuff. Right. Uh, and basically you would go until, you know, you got too scared to continue and then you <laughs> would leave. And then whoever stayed the longest was the one who won. Yeah, but there's also the chance that you're possessed. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently, you know, nobody ever made it to the end or whatever. And so they start off uh, with two stories. Um, I won't share what they're about because I think that's part of the reason why you should read it. So I won't spoil it for you. Um, But there's a ghost story and then there's kind of a monster story. Uh, to start you off from two of the chefs and uh yeah i'm gonna pick up the next one because i think the art is really cool and i think the premise is fun and i think the way they talk is pretty like good i think the dialogue's written well yeah so i'm definitely into it i was surprised and this i think dark horse is the perfect match for it yeah, yeah. unlike frozen as we discussed <laughs> last week yes th- there should be more of that and a whole lot less frozen come on <laughs> yeah and then uh, the final book I read, uh, Raven, Daughter of Darkness, number one. Uh, I waited to read this because I couldn't find one that wasn't damaged. And even this one has a little tiny bit of damage, but it wasn't too bad. Uh, fortunately, if you go to your local comic shops, every once in a while, customers will 
just grab some and then they'll shove them back in and they bend Ooh, the spine and damage yeah. them real bad. So then they lose all their value and it kind of messes up the cover if you're buying it for the cover. But uh, this is the start of a 12-issue miniseries about Raven, who you may recognize from the Teen Titans. Um, and she's basically sucked into a mystery while she's uh, trying to live out a life with her aunt. Uh, for those of you who don't know, her mom's human. so uh, And her dad's a demon, in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Basically the devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, he's a big bad demon man. I liked it. It was fine. I I wasn't like super wild about it, but it was fine. Yeah, I might uh, read that later. Uh, just something about it just didn't catch me. Yeah, originally. Yeah. Uh, it was basically it sets up for something that could be interesting, but I think at at its core, it was just kind of like okay, this is like a typical middle. <laughs> of the path, you know. Yeah, middle of uh, the road type yeah. story. Yeah. So it wasn't too spectacular, but uh, I'll probably get the next issue and see where it goes. I do like the dynamic where she's living with her aunt, and her aunt's family is a very religious Christian family <laughs> who doesn't, <laughs> who knows that her sister was in some kind of cult, like sect of some sort. Yeah. But she doesn't know the details, and she knows that the daughter was raised in that kind of cult sect. And so it's it's very interesting. Um, I'm now definitely going to read this book. I, I think <laughs> if they focused on that aspect of her trying to adjust to this life in like California, you know, <laughs> with these teenagers that don't know she has powers and stuff, and like trying to get along with her parent or her aunt and uncle who are extremely religious and trying to kind of push her to go to church mass and stuff with them. It's pretty <laughs> it's pretty funny. That, that, her being the daughter of the devil, basically. Y- See, you know what they need to do is they need to have an issue where he convinces, like she, Raven, convinces a bunch of, you know, local teens to perform a seance. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. That would be perfect. It's pretty good. Uh, There is uh, actually a couple of things that I did read uh, on my own. Just getting myself uh, further caught up on phoenix resurrection mm-hmm. and it's more bonkers nonsense <laughs> i feel like that's every event that either kills a character or brings a character back <laughs> and here's the the biggest question that's still like lingering on the minds of everyone reading this is this going to be an issue where they actually bring her back or are they literally just having her back so that they can kill her again? <laughs> the biggest cock tease in history. <laughs> well, it's, they already got what? Two of them? Three? Uh, three. I think they're on number four now. On the same universe? <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it's it's absurd. Just like uh, we saw an article today about the nine Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> My God, Marvel, get your shit together, man. <laughs> Anything else? Um, there's a little comic that's been, uh, released by Image, uh, working with Top Cow, working with a gaming company called Digital Extremes, mm-hmm. Warframe. Oh, this is a game you're a fan of, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, semi-regularly play that game. A game that I've been semi-regularly playing and going back to, mm-hmm. um, they actually have a comic that's been 
coming out, I think, uh, once every two months. It's kind of hard to tell. Some, like There's that uh, the first two that seemed like it was month to month, but then I think there's like a month in, in between, uh, like issue two and issue three. Yeah. And I got to say the art style that they've committed to is very, very pretty. Cool. <laughs> uh, the story itself, honestly, you're going to be lost unless you've already been playing the game for a while. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like, unfortunately, like any kind of newcomer trying to jump into it, they're going to get maybe the briefest of introductions and then kind of get thrown straight into a story. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's the only other thing I read. All right, cool. Uh, There's no uh, did the content match the drapes segment this week because we didn't cover any of the covers of the week, unfortunately. Um, Just a notification. I'll include this later. Uh, that we're doing this podcast immediately before the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles, uh, which we're going to watch. And I'm smoking some ribs, and we got some people over. And so it's a little busy. Sorry about the extra noise. Yeah. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's Super Bowl. Sports. But uh, I'm rooting for the Eagles just because I'm sick of the Patriots winning every goddamn thing ever. <laughs> and I'm a Bengals fan, so I don't really have a – you know, dog in the race, but I like underdogs, and the <laughs> Eagles haven't won a Super Bowl yet, and Napoleon Dynamite is leading the Eagles, so that's always good. <laughs> yeah. Um, A.K.A. Nick Foles. You, you don't have a dog in the race, but you do have a bird. <laughs> Birds! <laughs> no. Uh, so there's no uh, did the content match the drapes this particular week, but uh, we will have some in the future, near future. Oh, yeah. I'm very sure. Uh, let's get to the news. First up, Comixology Unlimited is rolling out new exclusive discounts for members. These discounts include a 25, uh, excuse me, a 15% discount off all Marvel comics and 10% discounts on Image, IDW, Boom, Dynamite, and others. Now, this is obviously for the comics that aren't free with Comixology. Comixology. Comixology <laughs> Unlimited. Basically, if you're not familiar, it's like a $6 subscription plan. Where you basically get a huge catalog of back issues for free. It's like a Netflix for comics. Pretty uh, much. You don't get the brand new stuff, you know. So if it's like within the year, you're probably not going to see it on Comixology Unlimited. But but for back issues. But uh, if you have the membership, you have the additional benefit of being able to purchase the newer stuff or stuff that isn't on Unlimited uh, for 15 to 10% off, depending on the brand. Uh, fortunately, DC doesn't seem to be on it for whatever reason. So Yeah. That kind of sucks, but you can always go to your local comic book shop and get a pool and get a discount from your local comic book shop. So Yeah, support your local comic book shops. Uh, next up, we have a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series announced uh, for Nickelodeon. It will be called The Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, and it features several changes, including, but not limited to, uh, all the turtles being a different type of turtle. Unnecessary. Uh, completely different and magical weapons. Uncalled for. Uh, a new April O'Neil, who happens to be black. Don't care. And Raphael as the leader instead of Leonardo. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to bring a, a wow. Basically, it's it, for me. It's kind of weird with the animation style because Donatello and 
Raphael look kind of like pirates because instead of having just the the eye mask, they have they the full like headband. Full eye. bandana. Yeah. I don't like how they're drawn since they're all different turtles. They all are varying <laughs> sizes and shapes, which I am also not a huge fan of. Um, yeah. Why were all these different types of turtles together when they had the mutant waste stuff spilled yeah, on them? I, I think the the big thing about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is that they're supposed to be brothers. Yeah. So, um, in addition to this, the weapon changes, I think, are probably the most egregious for me personally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michelangelo is no longer using the nunchucks. He is using a what they call a Kusari Fundo, or Fundo, I don't know how you pronounce it. But it's ba- Fundo. But it's basically a weight on a chain that he swings around from a stick that looks a lot like his old nunchuck, but is not. <laughs> oh, my God. So he swings around this magical flaming weight on a stick, <laughs> uh, which I guess, to be fair, that's basically what a nunchuck is. Yeah, it, it you went from like an actual nunchuck to a flail. Basically... Yeah. A Japanese flail. Japanese flail. This, this is what happens when you take the concept of a whip and let... Japan get a hold of it. Yeah. Castlevania, I'm looking at you. Uh, Donatello uh, is featuring a tech bow staff, which is basically oh. a metal staff with a satellite dish on it. <laughs> Why? And then. Uh, Does he need five, like 4G in order to operate it? <laughs> yeah. And I think the most egregious one, uh, Raph is now <laughs> sporting Tonfaz. Tonfaz. Whatever. They're what? nightsticks. <laughs> They're police nightsticks. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so instead of having the sweet-ass sigh that he has always had... From the very fucking beginning... He's using nightsticks. <laughs> you know, tanfas are not new to the turtles... But they're also something that should not have been brought back to the turtles. You want to know the last time tanfas were used in relationship to the turtles at all? No. <laughs> well, too bad. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the next fucking mutation. <sighs> the fucking live action. Turtle we're suits. To, we're going to cross over with the Power Rangers exactly once. Uh, I don't and we're know. we're going to give these to... Michelangelo? I don't I don't see why they did this. Maybe it's because they thought like the sigh were too pointy and threatening for children. I don't know. But they what also the have heck? a guy with a big fucking sword <laughs> and a flail. <laughs> guys. Guys, you fucked up. Guys, you fucked up bad. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how this is. Uh, oh, it this- hurts. A lot of changes. Some I'm indifferent about. Some I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see. Yes. I'm not. I'm not. I've never been like the biggest, you know, mutant ninja turtle guy, but I enjoy them. <laughs> when you have Leonardo using only one sword, that I can accept. When you completely change the type of weapon that Raphael uses, p- points off. Oh. And he's a leader. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like literally the, the hot-headed one is the leader now. It's literally the one thing about his character that he's always supposed to struggle with not having. Yeah, when you he always it- wants to be the leader, but he can't rise to the leadership because he has a hot temper and can't manage his. Yeah, feelings. he he works better as like the the bruiser. 
Mm-hmm. Like the hot-headed bruiser, not the hot-headed leader. The leaders don't work when they're hot-headed. <laughs> That's not how that works. Next up, uh, Brian Bendis is in the news a little bit. Uh, his creator-owned Jinx World comics are now moving to DC for print from Marvel's Icon print <laughs> as part of his contract with DC. It will include Jinx, Brilliant Fire, Fortune and Glory, Total Sellout, Torso, aka Goldfish, and others. Uh, Bendis has also announced he will be taking the reins of Superman and Action Comics following uh, Action Comics number 1000. And he has also hinted at his own Batman title. Called it. Of <laughs> uh, fucking course. <laughs> so we'll see how that is. Look forward to that if you're a fan of uh, Brian Michael Bendis and his writing. And seeing what he does with these big name characters. Uh, next on the news, another show has been announced for Disposal on the DC exclusive streaming app. <laughs> a show called Metropolis has been announced and will star a live action Lex Luthor and Lois Lane exploring the, quote, world of fringe science and expose the city's dark and bizarre secrets, end quote, uh, prior to the arrival of Clark Kent Superman, I'm guessing. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. <laughs> You mean to tell me that there is another show that's supposed to be based on Superman lore? Yes. That doesn't have fucking Superman in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's going to feature Lex Luthor banging Lois Lane, just like Luthor uh, banged <laughs> Clark's girlfriend in Smallville for oh. like four seasons. Oh. Staring at Clark in the eye while he did it. <laughs> Rubbing his bald head, licking his chops. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's when Smallville went off the rails a little bit. Oh. Unfortunately. God. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be exclusively on the DC streaming app, which they tr- they keep trying to push with Titans and all this other stuff. So, unfortunately, even if the show's good, it won't matter. No. No one's going to see it. No. It's like, it was bad enough. That the show Krypton was happening on sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Oh. I think the big problem with DC is they're just spreading out their stuff way too much. There's a show on Fox and a show on sci-fi and a show on NBC, or at least it was. <laughs> there was a show on CBS, or at least it was. At least there was. And now they're on CW and then, you know, <laughs> there's their animated features and their movies that are terrible that they keep forcing oh and they started filming shazam if you care you so so my hopes that they would cancel the universe and restart before they did that movie nope yeah nope i'm gonna have to keep watching this shit nope (laughs) also uh hashtag save constantine (laughs) (laughs) poor matt ryan Uh, actually uh, I'll, i'll rephrase hashtag make constantine great again because <laughs> we don't want the animated one. We want the real one. We want the real one. Matt uh, Ryan deserves his time in the spotlight. And then the final news item for the day for fans of PlayStation 4's from software game Bloodborne, Titan Books has announced a new comic miniseries exploring the lore of the hunters in the world of Bloodborne. Uh, I love Bloodborne. It was one of my favorite games of this generation so far. I um, remember beating Bloodborne. And oh. I, I don't like the Dark Souls games because I think they're too slow and boring and 
Oh, you haven't played Dark Souls 3 then? No, I haven't. I played 1 and 2 and Demon Souls, and I was just like, a, yeah, just it, so slow. Oh, <laughs> And the uh, story's not interesting enough for me to keep going. Yeah, uh, uh, whereas Bloodborne, it's faster. It's the same type of difficulty, but much faster. And I okay. can get down with. Uh, okay, I- imagine the Bloodborne people handling a Dark Souls game. That's what Dark Souls 3 is. Eh, maybe I'll give it a shot then. All decks, no flex. Praise the sun. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you're into Bloodborne or if you haven't played the game, I recommend it. Uh, the one thing about From Software games is that they don't really build lore. They just kind of throw you into this monstrous world and kind of give you some hints at things, but that's about it. You're just the generic warrior guy Oh, <laughs> going yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you were... A generic warrior man hoping to heal the land and maybe get to the bottom of what the hell happened here. Um, yeah. And I mean, everybody's dead, so I guess it doesn't really matter if you save the world. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Dark Souls 3, hashtag let the world burn. So I'm looking forward to that. We'll see how it is. And that, my friends, is the news. It's that time again, folks. Am I going to say it? Get to it. Or is Bob going to say it? Bob? What comic books are we hitting up this week? Well, Emory, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, first up for the new covers of the week, we have uh, Marvel Comics. There's a lot of second printing, so it's going to take me a second here. Uh, from Marvel Comics, we have Avengers number 679. We have Black Bolt number 10. We have Black Panther, The Sound and Fury number 1. Uh, we have Daredevil, number 598, featuring a graffiti artist villain for a blind man. (laughs) Victimless crimes. (laughs) We have Hawkeye, number 15, Double Trouble. Get it? Because there's two Hawkeyes. Uh, They just keep pushing it. Uh. Next up, we got Iceman, number 10. We have Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock, number 1. We have... Iron Fist, number 77. We have Rise of the Black Panther, number two. Really cashing in on the Black Panther hype. Oh, yeah, you are. We got Rogue (laughs) and Gambit, number two. We have Runaways, number six. We have She-Hulk, number 162. We have Spider-Man, number 237. We have Spider-Man Cross Deadpool, number 27. We have Spirits of Vengeance, number five. We have Star Wars, number 43. Uh, do, do, do. Wow, did, do we have a Star Wars title that's just called Star Wars? Yeah, <laughs> Holy for once. Shit. Yeah. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 795. We have Venom, number 161. We have X-Men Gold, number 21. We have X-Men Red, number one. Oh, shit, it's finally happened. We have... That's it. From DC Comics. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> We have Bane Conquest, number nine. Bane? We have Batman, number 40. We got Batman White Knight, number five. Get hyped by this book. (gasps) We have Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number four. We have Bombshells United, number 11. We have Dastardly and Muttley, number six. We have Deathstroke, number 28. He's finally not wearing that stupid white outfit. (laughs) Uh, We have Exit Stage Left. Hashtag, or excuse me, we have Edge, I was reading something else. We have Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles, number two. We have Green Arrow, number 37. We have Green Lanterns, number 40. 
We have Harley Quinn, number 37. We have Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica, number five. We have <sighs> Inj- <laughs> we have Injustice <laughs> 2, number 19, because we don't have enough Harley Quinn. We of have course. Jetsons, number four. We have Justice League, number 38. We have Mother Panic, Batman Special, number one, to tie into the Milkman Superman. <laughs> we have Nightwing, number 38. Now, I'm going to forewarn you people, since we reviewed that last cover of the week, the Nightwing covers have been pretty baller, both the variants and the regular covers, but the content does not match the drapes. Mm-mm. If you want to no. read about <laughs> the King Sturgeon and the Guppy, who are <laughs> mo- just mobsters that happen to be sharks, I guess, <laughs> this is your book. If you want to read about Nightwing defending casinos and fighting eco-terrorists... <laughs> This is your book. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh my god. Uh, I I found it funny that the uh the the regular and not the variant of this one just features like w- almost too much Nightwing butt. That's it's a generous <laughs> a generous helping of Nightwing butt. <laughs> I'm the biggest Nightwing fan there is. But damn. <laughs> Thick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up we have superman (laughs) number 40 we have swamp thing winter special number one we need more swamp thing in our lives please uh we have young monsters in love number one specifically new 52 one yep it was really good we have 30 days of oh excuse me from idw we have 30 days of night number three we have back to the future uh from the time train number two (laughs) Tales from the time drain. We have Ghostbusters. Answer the call, number three. We have Half Past Danger 2, Dead to Rikes, number five. We have Haunted Horror, number 32. We have Gem and the Holograms Dimensions, number three. We have Scarlet Strike Force, number two. We have Tangled, number one. Yes, the Disney one. Uh, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe number nineteen. Uh, we have the Transformers versus the Visionaries number two. I still don't know who the fuck the Visionaries are. Nor do I care. We have the Transformers Lost Light number fourteen. We have Walt Disney Showcase number one. Donald Duck. Don't we already have Marvel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, from Dynamite Entertainment, we have A Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, number eight. We have Deja Thoris, number one. We ha- With a lot of naked comic variants. Yeah. Uh, we have John Wick, number one. We have Legendary, Red Sonja, number one. We have... The Greatest Wait, Adventure, they, number did, nine. Did they give Red Sonia more clothing? Yeah. Who Holy would have thunk? Shit. <laughs> she has pants now. <laughs> uh, truly, we have progressed as Nothing a society. Nothing like scaled boob armor <laughs> <laughs> that hangs loosely. <laughs> Real protective. Re- yeah. It's protecting the only things that matter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have The Shadow, cross Batman, number five, with some pretty cool variant covers the shadow uh, unfortunately they didn't win the variant of the week but there are some really good ones uh from image comics we have coyotes number four we have extremity number 11 
We have I Hate Fairyland, number 16. We have Kingsman, The Red Diamond, number 6. We have Number One with a Bullet, number 4. We have Paper Girls, number 20. We have Rock Candy Mountain, number 8. We have Rose, number 8. We have Royal City, number 10. We have Savage Dragon, number 231. We have Scales and Scoundrels, number 6. God, there's a lot of releases this week. We have uh, Snot Girl, number 9. We have The Grave Diggers Union, number 4. We have The Walking Dead, number 176. We have The Wicked and the Divine, 1923. Oh. We have Twisted Romance, number 1. We have Versus, number 1. And we have Witchblade, number 3. Get hyped. Hey. This is the new good Witchblade, not the <laughs> the new good one. The old boobalicious Witchblade. <laughs> um, the old shameless Witchblade. <laughs> uh, from Dark Horse Comics, we have Halo: Rise of Atriox, number five. We have Incognegro. Incognegro. <laughs> I can't say that word for some reason. Why can't I say this word? Incognegro. <laughs> uh, Renaissance, number one. We have. Koishé, The Deathless, number two. We have Rasputin, Voice of the Dragon, number four. And we have Tomb Raider, Survivor's Crusade, number three. From Titan Books, we have Quarry's War, number three. We have The Wonderful World of Tank Girl, number three. From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time, number 73. We have Giant Days, number 35. We have Mech... (laughs) I pronounced it wrong. We have Mech Cadet U... Number six. Uh, we have the Backstagers 2018 Valentine's Day special number one. And that's it for... Boom. From Scout Comics, we have Garyon number nine. We have Graveland, number five. We have Heavenly Blues, number f- five, and number six for some reason. We have Smoketown, number six. And we have Solar Flare, number four. From Valiant, we have Armstrong and the Vault of Spirits, number one. Look at all that great content that they're going to make movies out of. (laughs) One whole comic. Thank you, Valiant. From Archie Comics, we have Archie Jumbo Comics Digest, number 286. We have Cosmo, number two. From Aftershock Comics, we have Animosity Evolution, number four. And we have Monstro Mechanica, number three. From Vault Comics, we have Songs for the Dead, number one, and Zojaquan, number three. From Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime Noble, number nine. And from Oni Press, we have The Damned, number eight. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now to hand out the prestigious... Nay, life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Oh, whose life are we going to change this time? Uh, This week we got two DC ones. Strong week for DC. Uh, Yeah. uh, There was some decent stuff from IDW, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't quite as good as these two, which were fantastic covers. Uh, First up, we have Batman number 40 by Joelle Jones. And this is a really, really neat cover that... uh, kind of plays with a what i would guess is like a dark background featuring lighter colors it's like the whole contrast yeah um, art style where you start with some kind of black canvas or something and use colors to 
make it appear like it's night and you know make characters stand out and yeah. here you have wonder woman standing in front of the bat symbol with batman looming behind her uh shrouded with the cape appearing to have just fallen from the sky to speak to her which if you've been reading these comics basically batman showed up and spoke to her and wonder woman's like i need your help with this thing i know you're getting ready for your stupid wedding with the other woman you were fucking but (laughs) (laughs) uh i need your help to go protect this gate so the gatekeeper for this dimensional chaos can take a day off (laughs) and then they get there and they realize that time's different and they're basically going to have to do this for like thousands of years and basically just oh. fight people off there. And the reason she chose Batman instead of Superman is because she appreciates Batman's uh, strategic mind better. And Superman is weak against magical forces, which yeah, obviously would make him a liability in this circumstance. And especially without a red sun, I'm sure <laughs> he, he wouldn't be much help. Right. So if you're wondering why not Superman, that's why. Uh, but basically, currently in the comics, they're doing this brawl and existing in this dimension for years and years and years and years together and i battling for time immemorial and while this guy takes a day off (laughs) in the real world (laughs) which i think is kind of a fucked up concept because he's been fighting for probably millions of years and he gets one human day off (laughs) and then he's gonna go back and thousands of years would have passed (laughs) so instead of getting thousands of years as a break he's getting one day <laughs> it, it would be better if he was experiencing time that would normally pass like a day but he experiences it like faster like the flash does so i mean his break is like <sighs> done <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. well yeah i mean basically but uh it's it's cool it's fine and this cover is just awesome i just really love the style of this cover i would make this into a poster and put it on my wall if i could it's just really neat big shout out to joelle jones she did a an awesome job with this cover um and uh, i enjoy the drama that's happening in the book yeah it's uh very well done very well crafted so you win <laughs> the cover of the week from hit the books podcast you win Next up, we have Dastardly and Muttley number six variant cover done by no one other than Bill Shankowitz, who has made frequent appearances on the cover and variant covers of the week. Ooh, segment. so talented. But this one, I didn't even realize it was Bill Shankowitz because usually he has a really dramatic, like, kind of art style where there's just kind of splatters of art and dimensions are a little off because it, it's meant to be eye-popping and eye-catching yeah. this one it actually looks like kind of like <laughs> i don't know um like a norman rockwell thing mixed with like a weird like watercolor art style when i first saw this i immediately thought of top gun <laughs> it's like given like the thumbs up from the cockpit definitely seems like a uh it seems like an 80s fighter pilot thing to do. Yeah, even though it looks like it's like World War One, Two yeah, style. This looks definitely more World World War Two, and I'm still getting like the Maverick vibe off that dog. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in the picture you see, uh, I don't know which dog. I I don't know who Dastardly and Muttley are. 
but you see one of the dogs in a full aviator's outfit giving the thumbs up for a go-ahead flight, and he's got all his combat stickers from all the, <laughs> the cats he's shot down and all the mailmen he's shot down. Engines, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. The vacuum cleaners. I like that one. That's a nice touch. Shut oh down the vacuum God. cleaners. <laughs> and then you have another pilot who is human uh, at the bottom just kind of going, oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's a lot. It's really cool. It's really fun. And it's <laughs> well-deserved uh, variant cover of the week for not only being artistically great, but also being pretty damn awesome. Yeah, it's awesome and creative in its uh, kind of a... Uh, What's the phrase I'm looking for? It takes a preconceived notion or a preconceived like artistic idea, and it subverts it. Okay. So we only have uh, about 30 minutes to do our topics, so we got to rush through it and close everything out. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to make these topics a little short this week so we don't uh, cut off the Super Bowl or anything else. Um... But uh, let's get into it. Uh, Emery, what is your topic? Uh, my topic is going to be... It's February! So that means it's Black History Month. And also in Black History Month, we're having the release of uh, what's supposed to be the, the next hottest Marvel movie to come out in theaters, Black Panther! So, get hyped, Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, get hyped. Shouting at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, <clears throat> just uh, talking about the predictions. What can we predict happening in this movie? Uh, I think what's going to happen with this movie is what happens with every Marvel movie. There's going to be a shit ton of hype leading up to it. Check. <laughs> um, it may or may not be warranted. Because let's face it, Disney is like a monster <laughs> and creates a lot of narratives. There's been like articles going around about how they think people like are trying to sabotage the movie and reviews <laughs> because it's getting some critical reviews from people who yeah. saw the premiere. And I'm like, maybe it's just not a great movie. I don't know. Cause like they hyped the fuck out of Galaxy or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I saw that movie and I was like, that's so cringeworthy. <laughs> They're forcing these jokes so hard. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 is probably my favorite Marvel movie. Maybe second favorite. I don't know. But they're just like, they're struggling, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but uh, another one that was like that, um, what was the other Marvel movie that came out? Thor Ragnarok. Right. Uh, Spider-Man totally blew me out of the water and totally met yeah. expectations which is ironic because it was the one that was hyped the least yeah. of the three movies <laughs> thor ragnarok and like <laughs> guardians were both like hyped over the moon and were like being talked about as like the next like dark knight in terms of quality and i was like no this isn't even <laughs> close spider-man was like spider-man was great <laughs> yeah spider-man the least hyped probably deserved it the most so every time there's like a shit ton of hype especially in a time of the year where there's literally nothing else worth watching in theaters <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> and i roll my eyes and i'm like okay i'm just gonna go to this mo movie and take it for what it is good bad or ugly 
<laughs> I'm sick right. of the fucking artificial hype machine and like people bitching, oh, they're giving it bad reviews. So there's just the Marvel haters coming in and fucking with us. And then the opposite is true where it's like, this movie is not a perfect score, 10 out of 10. Come on, man. <laughs> it's a superhero movie. <laughs> and. <laughs> Like you, you don't the, think people are jacking this up because of nostalgia and like fanboyism? I'm like, Ugh. not even the Dark Knight was a perfect movie. Yeah, so it's still damn enjoyable. But we'll see. It, yeah, I mean, no, before this, nobody gave a shit about Black Panther at all. So it's like, yeah, he, yeah. he's he's originally a character that kind of shows up uh, out of nowhere in the Fantastic Four. Yeah, he's originally a Fantastic Four like random character yeah and i mean he's he's fine he's cool it's just i don't i don't like the characters that are from generic mysterious country a b c <laughs> and they just have like some bullshit like origin story and like uh, i don't know i like it more yeah. when they're relatable <laughs> like a, a king of some mysterious african nation with a bunch of technology is not really relatable to me um that wears a cat suit <laughs> <laughs> and fights crime in America. <laughs> I, I I was going to say, you know, he does draw some unrelatable similarities. Yeah. To Batman. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Is like th- this person who comes from uh, a really innumerable massive wealth loses his parents and then decides to fight crime or in this case uh punch strangers (laughs) 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 panther Uh, okay but Uh, batman punches strangers black panther scratches strangers (laughs) (laughs) that's true uh i want to address one thing um i've been seeing a lot of articles about how this is the first big black superhero movie we've ever gotten and i would like to remind people who don't realize that we've Experienced this several times. Most notably, Steel. (laughs) Steel. Stark Shaq. (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal as Superman's kind of throwaway sidekick. (laughs) Uh, I I have one thing to basically remind you why we don't talk about that one. It was great. Uh, No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Don't don't watch Steel. No. Seven foot one to six tall uh, basketball player dressing in like renaissance gear what? and not even you got something wrong with Shaquille O'Neal and not even sporting the S or a cape <laughs> <laughs> who but manages no. to get out at the very last minute of a thing that should have killed him yeah. by making a free throw <laughs> with a grenade. That movie's so dumb, but so great. <laughs> and anybody who's not a sports fan, Shaquille O'Neal is famous for not being able to make a free throw, but yeah. being dominant in just about every other aspect. Right. And y- y- they play on that in yeah. this movie. They, they actually play on Shaquille O'Neal's real life. Yeah. What and the then, fuck, guys? But in all seriousness, there are two other big ones. One being Spawn, which Spawn, wasn't yes. as successful or as good as it could have been, unfortunately. Right. Uh, but is getting rebooted, so we'll see. Yeah. And then, as you said, Blade. Blade! Straight out of Marvel Comics. So. For fuck's sake, Blade? Blade was huge. Blade was the big fucking thing from Marvel that came out before X-Men. Yeah. 
I mean, like, it this dominated this... the mid to late 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Like, guys. Before, uh, Wes we... got <laughs> taken to jail for tax evasion because oh. he thought you didn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> he thought oh. that was real. <laughs> uh, yeah. Apart from the tax evasion nonsense, this was, he was the guy. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Blade doing well, the X-Men would not have happened. Most likely not, no. Oh, my God. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. X-Men. Fantastic Four to a lesser extent. Yeah. <laughs> Let's block that out. But, yeah, for those of you, even from Marvel, not even exclusively from Marvel is this the first black superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> so the the people that are getting on their high horse on that those articles, I'm like, all right, oh. calm down. It's it's cool. I'm really into the the style of the movie and the sound from the promotions, but we all know what trailers do, right? Hint <laughs> hint. Look at Suicide Squad. <laughs> Ooh, hint, fantastic hint. trailers. Yeah, hint, terrible hint. movie. You still haven't watched Probably. it <laughs> because it won an Academy Award. I don't need to verify how great it is. Um, it won an Academy Award. It deserves a view at least once. <laughs> uh, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna trust them. Uh, uh, you're gonna watch it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's gonna do well, just like it, all of the Marvel movies do. I think it's probably gonna sell between like seven hundred and million dollars worth of tickets to you know a billion. It's gonna be somewhere in that range because that's typically where these movies go. Maybe the hype train will be successful, and the fact that there's nothing else out right now, you know, unless right. you want to see the shape of water, where a woman <laughs> falls in love with a fish. Um, Does she do it? <laughs> you'll have to find out. <laughs> GDT, don't let me down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, that's basically your only options in the theater right now, and for superhero movies, it's pretty much the only option, so... Uh, uh, unless you want to try to find a theater that's still showing Thor Ragnarok or something. Yeah, I think they might be capitalizing on the, oh, you know what the, the last superhero movie they c- that came out in February was? Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it'll do very well. What do you think? Uh, I, I think, I, uh, quality-wise, I think it's going to be like most Marvel movies where it's not like... S- it's not like the greatest thing ever, like the hype machine is trying to tell you, but it's also not going to be like bad in any way, shape, or form because it's Marvel and they know what they're doing. Right. I, I think it's going to be middle of the road, honestly. It's not going to be too good. It's not going to be too bad. It, it's doing the a very similar Marvel thing by making this first character's outing against someone who basically wants to be him. Iron yeah. Man... <laughs> I mean, it, it could in America. It, it could pleasantly surprise me, like Doctor Strange. Yeah. I didn't expect Doctor Strange to be like great, but I loved it. I loved Doctor Strange. I yeah. thought it was a great movie. I yeah. thought the villain at the end, be, <laughs> thought making the big bad, you know, a big purple blob was kind of silly, because it, he's one of the coolest looking characters, right? In it, Marvel, that, that was a but, bit of a misstep, but <laughs> and this movie, that movie was a lot of fun. Yeah, except for the part where you realize that he got rid of a person that eats dimensions <laughs> by using a gif but yeah we'll see I, I i think it's probably gonna fall more in line with like ant-man where it's not bad by any stretch but it's not like out of this world fantastic yeah, it, or anything it's, it's yeah. gonna be visually really cool yeah and story's probably gonna be a little shallow but fine yeah that's what I mean, i'm th- expecting uh, much of the same here yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but at least they'll have a cool soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> it'll have that. Now let's round out the topics. Uh, my topic is in celebration of the Super Bowl, our favorite superhero competitions, oh. and uh, just a brief discussion about it. Like for for me, I always loved the whole Superman versus Flash, who's gonna win thing. Mm. The clear answer is Flash. He can cross dimensions and time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Superman can't do that outside of the Christopher Reeves Superman movie. Yeah, well, even and even Superman, then he's not running; he's flying. Yeah, he he's specifically flying around a planet to spin it backwards, <laughs> which that, I'm pretty sure would have devastating effects on the planet. Not yes. reverse time. <laughs> yeah, that that's a uh, a very different approach to time travel. That's a '70s understanding of. <laughs> 70s we, America understanding of science. <laughs> if we turn the world backwards, we'll travel back in time. <laughs> yeah, no. No, that's not how yeah, that works. The Earth is not a cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't stick a pencil in it and just rotate it Let's the other go way. go back. Let's just go back. No. Yeah. Um, that is actually like probably also one of my favorites. Um, superhero competitions... I usually, like, whenever I think of that, I think of the X-Men specifically Mm -hmm. because they have basically a very safe place where they can do that type of thing. Yeah. And it's called the Danger Room. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, fanboys can get all their questions answered. Yes. And simulation. Yes. Uh, Like, let's uh, either set these uh, heroes against each other or let's come up with a simulation where you have to deal with all of these things either by yourself or with a team yeah um another one that i'm really big on uh is the battle for the cow with all the robins and other characters in the bat world unfortunately there's way too many yeah but uh if you're familiar with what happened uh following the death of bruce wayne batman where (laughs) apparently he was just zapped (laughs) and back in time It's kind of stupid. We have to de-age him again. They just wanted a way to bring him back if they screwed up the <laughs> the cow, which we, they didn't. They actually did a really good job. So. But we can't let him be old. <laughs> so bringing back Bruce Wayne, unfortunately, was not the right option, I don't think, for that. Because they were already going to reboot the universe anyway. Why yeah. bring him back? But um, uh, I, I always like the whole like argument and the intrigue and discussion revolving around which of the Robins slash, you know, heirs slash you know allies people who kind of know batman a little bit (laughs) are most deserving or would do the best taking over the cow even like you know there's dick grayson who's obviously my choice um just because he did become an independent superhero who wasn't under batman and yeah took over an entire city for himself and has been talked about several times as being the best leader among the robins yeah uh which would make him great for the justice league but um there's also obviously Red Hood, Jason Todd. Uh, there's Tim Drake, who I think would be voted for a lot of people and has taken over the cow in some future versions, um, specifically uh, Batman Beyond, um, when Terry McGinnis passed away in a certain story arc. <laughs> um, uh, you could argue for Terry McGinnis if you're a big Batman Beyond fans. I don't think Terry McGinnis is really a very good Batman. I like his character and I like Batman Beyond, but I think it's very like, why would he take this fucking yeah, clone no. guy that he doesn't know is a clone and <laughs> do these things? And Yeah. So yeah, it, it's basically, let's find a way to have teenage Bruce. Yeah. It was kind of like the Boba Fett 
slash Django Fett <laughs> of oh. the Batman universe to me. Even though I, <laughs> I love Batman Beyond the cartoon and the comics and well, stuff. Yeah. There's, there's like really cool ones where Nightwing is like his mentor instead and Nightwing's missing an eye and stuff and it's really brutal. It's, it's, there's some really cool stuff they've done with him, but yeah. he wouldn't be my choice. Um, there's some story arcs where Damien becomes Batman in the future, which would probably be the most obvious choice since he's actually the biological son right. <laughs> of Batman and, you know, the queen of the League of Assassins slash Leviathan, yeah, which, Talia Ghul. Which would have made an interesting story of um, instead of having a Batman who has it very fixed in his mind that whatever he does, he doesn't kill, you have a Batman who's struggling not to kill every bad motherfucker he runs into. And a few good ones. And a few good ones. I'm looking at you, Injustice. Ooh! How are you gonna do Nightwing like that? (laughs) Broke his neck on a rock (laughs) after Damien jokingly throws a stick at his head? It still hurts. (sighs) It's so dumb. That was the worst possible way they could have done it. Wait, what am I talking about? It doesn't still hurt. He can't feel anything from the neck down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like Barbara. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, but no. Um, Injustice is a great comic. It's just that one thing. I was like, "What? That's how you're gonna do it?" Okay, but um, yeah. There's some really great competitions out there. I think another big one is probably the whole um, Hulk versus Superman. Oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Techni- who's strongest? Technically, Hulk has unlimited potential for strength. But as long as you get him mad, I don't think Superman can get him there. <laughs> and Superman doesn't have to work it up. He's already got it. It, it. Yeah. So my vote would probably be Superman. But it's fun to think about. I don't know. <laughs> it's like it, it, it always comes down to, uh, oh, the ultimate one. Juggernaut versus the blob. Because <laughs> when one moves, a gelatinous be... wall versus... <laughs> An unstoppable force. <laughs> it's like when one stops, he can't be moved. But when one starts moving, he can't be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's some cool things out there. I also like the whole, like, making people with the same exact powers battle, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, like uh, Venom and Spider-Man. Well, more like Venom and Carnage. Um, That'd be a little more appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Something along those lines. I always find that stuff kind of fun. Even if they don't cross over, if they do cross over, you know. Wolverine um, versus Dark Wolverine. <laughs> Gross. Ugh. We'll drown him in a puddle. It keeps happening. What a horrible way to experience death when you're immortal. <laughs> you were drowned again and again in a puddle. Oh. Deck, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other really big ones you want to point out as one of your favorites? My favorite, for sure, is the battle for the cow. Who who should inherit the Batman mantle? And I think Dick obviously won that and did a great job. But yeah, um, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, what's another big one? Competitions. God, I know there's a good one. There's a good one out there, and. Oh, uh, who could be the the best uh, X Men leader between uh, Wolverine and Cyclops? That's a good one. Yeah the the whole like that's, schism that's one title that's been kind of played on for every generation of the X Men basically yep. since Wolverine has joined the group. Yeah, it's like who who does it better, Wolverine or Cyclops? Clearly Wolverine because Cyclops is a dick. <laughs> 
or clearly Cyclops. And kind of murderous, because, yeah. ironically, <laughs> of the two of them. Wait. Cyclops is the one that wanted to murder everybody. <laughs> <laughs> They're rewriting that. <laughs> uh, Cyclops is a dick. And a cheater. Uh, Cyclops is actually... And painfully mortal, I should add. Yeah, about that. <laughs> Talk about characters who keep coming back. <laughs> um, the, the thing about Cyclops and Wolverine is that it's two sides of one very, very similar coin. Do we take the the leader who's been here for the longest, mm-hmm. the one who's been groomed for this, but only then like towards the end of his life becomes the the murderous radical yeah or do we take the person who has a history of violence that he very conveniently forgets yeah who gets later in his life morphed into this person who becomes more about the mission and whatnot and sympathetic and and sympathetic and more like kind of what uh, professor x always wanted for him to be just a, a decent upstanding if albeit a little neutered uh, male role model yeah for me my obvious choice in that discussion is wolverine not only because cyclops is a dick <laughs> but because it's fake news <laughs> <laughs> but because uh wolverine is you know, immortal, essentially, you know, if there's these children who are trying to learn how to use their powers and control them and have them in a safe manner, who better than the guy who can't really be killed, <laughs> who can heal from every injury, helping mentor them and steer them in the right direction. <clears throat> and a guy who has lived for a hundred and something years, um, uh, who has a lifetime of experiences and knowledge and, you know, has witnessed several facets of humanity. Uh, I I don't know if you've gotten the memo, but he forgot most of that. <laughs> he came back to him though. <laughs> it's just it was a stupid arc where he oh I forgot it and then he all came back. It's like oh I remember now. He's like I remember everything. <laughs> Thanks, everything. Professor X. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I th- I think he would be the best option just because he has those abilities and can handle a mutant population of children and teenagers that are just flowing with hormones and (laughs) nonsense. You know, if Cyclops tells them to go clean their room and they throw a tantrum and throw a fireball at them, he's fucked. He's getting scorched. (laughs) Wolverine, he's like, ow, ass. (laughs) Then he goes and picks them up and throws them in the room, tells them to clean it. Okay. uh, I'm going to go the controversial route and say Cyclops would be better. He's a terrible role model. Uh, Okay. He's sleeping with half the teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. By half, you mean exactly two. Technically. Uh, Mystique counts two. (sighs) God, I don't want to go back and have to read that. He stuck his dick in a lot of nasty. (laughs) (laughs) Like Wolverine hasn't. Fair point. (laughs) But he doesn't do it at the same time. That's the difference. No. <laughs> okay, see, here's the thing with Cyclops. One, he's been there from the very beginning. He he's like been groomed. Which is why he's position. entitled and he feels entitled to everything and everyone and thinks he, <laughs> he knows the right way every time and doesn't question himself. 
actually, Wolverine's fucked up a lot. Actually, if you go back and do do a little bit more reading on Cyclops, questioning himself is his hallmark trait. He right. Is, he is never sure of any of the decisions that he makes, uh, but he stands behind them. Wouldn't that make him a the, worse leader? <laughs> uh, no. Like the fact that you worry. He can't commit to anything. Well, it's not that he doesn't commit. It's that he's worried. He like he worries but over for children. Uh, it, it, yes. For children. Yes. This is the thing with Cyclops is that unlike Wolverine, who's just going to stand there and take it. And just be like, ah, you burned me, you fuck. (laughs) Cyclops has had to train extensively. Like, this is the kind of person who devotes... But how does that make him not dead? (laughs) (laughs) He dodges. That's the one thing that... Oh, okay. That's the one thing that he does. Like, apart from, like, blasting people with his eye beams. Oh, and and let's not forget, if he drops his glasses, he's killing everybody in the nearby perimeter yeah because not only is he not qualified to handle a bunch of mutants that throw tantrums he is an a human that can have an accident and kill like 20 people and destroy half the mansion yeah about that uh we we've seen that happen in the first x-men movie uh the first thing that he does reflexively when the thing gets taken off is he, he looks up <laughs> Great, we'll take down some planes. <laughs> Look, I, I'm just saying, like, he, he's trained for this. He knows how to <laughs> blink. <laughs> so, fans, why don't you let us know who you think would win these matchups? Yeah. Cyclops, Wolverine, Hulk, yeah. Superman, Flash, Quicksilver, <laughs> Flash, Superman. Flash, Superman. Obviously, Flash. Uh, <laughs> who should yeah. wear the cow? You let us know. Sound uh, off in the comments. We got to wrap this up because the Super Bowl is coming and I got to cook some more ribs. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, uh, get on that. Remember, folks, you can always uh, chat at us on our YouTube channel or send us a tweet at HTPVids or talk to us on our Facebook at forward slash hit the books. Um, you can always visit our website, HTBVids, to find the buttons that'll take you straight to our webpage and uh, our Twitter and all uh, the videos that you could imagine and our Stitcher feed and our iTunes feed. All that stuff is there for you. Um, if you liked what you watched today, please give us a like and subscribe. It really does help us out. Um, I think that's everything. Right? I think that's everything. That's yeah. everything. All right. We just really want ribs. I feel like <laughs> I forgot something. Anyway, I'm your host, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And thank you for watching. We will see you next Wednesday. (laughs) Wolverine. (laughs) Cyclops.